The Leslie Marshall Show, the only true democracy in talk radio, of, for, and by you, the people. Live nationwide and streaming live at LeslieMarshallShow.com. Call in with your thoughts at 888-6-LESLIE. Here to set you free, I'm Leslie Marshall. Happy Monday. It was not a happy weekend in our nation. There were nine people stabbed at a mall in St. Cloud, Minnesota, and there were bombings in both New York and New Jersey. Let me tell you what we know. You're going to hear from Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump, who are both running to be our president, and the election is just around the corner on November 8th. And we'll also hear from the police chief of uh, Minnesota and some things he had to say about Donald Trump and some of the rhetoric. The man believed to be responsible for the explosion in Manhattan on Saturday night and a bombing that occurred earlier in New Jersey is Ahmad Khan Rahami. He's been taken into custody today. He was wounded after a gunfight with police and the dramatic episode was while rain was pouring in Linden, New Jersey, and the police actually issued what they've done for the first time in New York and in, in, in Jersey area, which I think is great. And I think we're seeing that, unfortunately, after these attacks, but it does take a village. And we are seeing if you see something, say something in action and working. We're not talking racial profiling. We're not talking Islamophobia. We're not talking paranoia. We're talking somebody sees somebody on television or on a news network and says oh my god that looks like the guy i'm going to call the police better to be safe than sorry now what happened was for the first time police issued a cell phone alert this went out to millions of residents in the area and what it did is it told them to be on the lookout for rahami they described him and had a picture of him 28 and they also said he was armed and dangerous because they didn't want other people to be harmed fortunately no one was uh, I mean, there were 29 harmed, but nobody died. Everybody has been released. Uh, nobody had uh, critical uh, injuries, and certainly nobody lost their life, thankfully. Uh, the showdown started around 1030 in the morning, and what happened is a resident spotted Mr. Rahami. He was sleeping in the doorway of a bar. Captain James Sarnicki of the Linden Police Department told reporters one of the officers approached him, the suspect, and then when he woke up, he saw he had a beard, and he did resemble the man on the wanted poster. The officer ordered Rahami to show his hands, but instead he pulled out a gun. He shot the officer in the abdomen, but the bullet struck his vest. The officer returned fire, and Rahami fled, and he just was indiscriminately firing his weapons at passing vehicles. So others then, other officers, joined the chase, and then Rahami was shot multiple times. At least one other officer was injured during the confrontation. Shortly before noon Eastern time, he was in custody, seen by witnesses, splayed out beside the street, hands cuffed behind his back, and his shirt rolled up, officers standing over him with their weapons drawn. First of all, incredible job by the community in New Jersey, the state of New Jersey, incredible job by the officers in the city of Linden in the state of New Jersey, and all first responders uh, to that scene. Just incredible. To me, this shows what stronger together means, truly, in my opinion. 
He had blood. Rahami had blood pouring from a wound in his shoulder, splatted on his face. He was loaded on a stretcher, taken away to an ambulance. Now, the manager of Linden Autobody is Derek Pellegra. Uh, Derek described a wild end to the multi-state manhunt. He said there was a lot, a lot of gunfire. Rahami was identified by officials because they saw him on surveillance video. You know that CCTV some of you think is like, you know, a military state that I like and people think I'm a socialist because they have it in the UK and it works. Well, that's where they saw him on the surveillance video. And they saw him planting the bombs in Chelsea, uh, the device that exploded on 23rd Street. And there was another, by the way, a few blocks away that did not detonate. His fingerprint also found one of the pressure cooker bombs in the city of Manhattan. And police believe that he was also responsible for a backpack full of pipe bombs found in Elizabeth, New Jersey. That was found late yesterday. He lived in Elizabeth. He was born in 1988 in Afghanistan. He was a naturalized citizen. He'd been living with his family in Elizabeth, not far from where he was arrested. Now, several years ago, we're finding more and more information. He traveled to his homeland. And when he returned, he showed signs of radicalization. Now, the significance of the visit was not immediately clear. It was not known whether he had any links to any overseas terror organization or whether he had been inspired by such organizations or their propaganda efforts. We know others have been. Now, a law enforcement official said the FBI was investigating whether a second person might have helped him carry out his plan. Governor Cuomo said yesterday the attack did not appear to have an international terrorism link. Um, new evidence might change that thinking. He said, I would not be surprised if he had a foreign connection to the act. Now, another law enforcement official said they have conclusive evidence that he was connected not just to the Manhattan explosion in Chelsea, but also a bombing that took place earlier on the Jersey Shore and Seaside Park. According to the city's police commissioner, James P. O'Neill, that directed the entire police force of the New York Police Department, 36,000 officers, to step up their vigilance and be alert for Mr. Rahami. Dozens of officers, federal agencies, zeroed in on locations in Jersey, and at the same time, more than 1,000 officers from the city police force's critical response command and emergency service unit, ESU, were working to secure New York City landmarks, commuter hubs, and other sensitive sites. And by mid-morning today, the police handled dozens of calls for suspicious packages, and hours before Rahami was captured, guess what? Police discovered five pipe bombs near a train station in Elizabeth. Why? Somebody saw something and said something, detonating one of them overnight as they sought to disarm them. FBI agents with dogs and Elizabeth police officers swarmed a residential neighborhood of low-rise apartment buildings, multiple family homes, and small businesses. And they evacuated La Bottega de Sapori Deli, Sonia's Beauty, a salon to the left of the restaurant, as well as HR Computer and Communication Services. The law enforcement official said no direct evidence linking Rahami right now to ISIS or Al-Qaeda. Much still remains unknown about him, and ISIS has not taken um, responsibility for this, although they have for the stabbings of those nine individuals at the mall in St. Cloud, Minnesota. I'm surprised because that's not mass carnage, which ISIS likes, and ISIS also likes to take responsibility whenever possible. Also, we saw how our next president, whether it's Donald Trump mm, or Hillary Clinton, would react in an incident such as this, a terror incident. And a lot of people say that tells us how they'd act if they were president because they both reacted very differently, okay? Important events occur during a presidential campaign, and that's how we kind of, you know, judge how the candidate would act if they were in the Oval Office. So remember, that individual doesn't have an ability to actually do anything. If it's a financial crisis, a natural disaster, or like this, a terrorist attack... But we can say, hey, 
How would they handle themselves? What's their demeanor? What's their plan? What do they say? What's their instincts? What seems to be driving them? What's their plan? So let's take a listen uh, to some of that. First off, uh, this is Hillary Clinton uh, talking about the New York City and New Jersey bombings and uh, talking about the threat, but also talking about we as America and the people of America and our resolve. Here's Hillary Clinton, cut one. This threat is real, but so is our resolve. Americans will not cower, we will prevail. We will defend our country and we will defeat the evil, twisted ideology of the terrorists. I'm the only candidate in this race who has been part of the hard decisions to take terrorists off the battlefield. And I've laid out a comprehensive plan to meet the evolving nature of this threat and take the fight to ISIS everywhere they threaten us, including online. I'm grateful to have support and advice from a wide range of bipartisan national security leaders who've worked with both Democratic and Republican presidents. When we met together earlier this month in New York, one of the points they emphasized was the need to support state and local law enforcement who act as our first line of defense, making sure they have the resources, the training, and intelligence they need to effectively prevent and respond to terror attacks. And this weekend's events underscored how important that is. We should also launch an intelligence surge to help identify and thwart attacks before they can be carried out. We need to work more closely with Silicon Valley and other partners to counter terrorist propaganda and recruitment efforts online. And it is crucial that we continue to build up trust between law enforcement and Muslim American communities. And I agree with her 100%. Okay, so here she is. She's calm. She says she has a plan. We'll talk a little bit more about Secretary Clinton very briefly after saying it was a bombing before being briefed by authorities on uh, Saturday and then kind of being, you know, his chest stuck out in bravado like I was right. Um, And, you know, he kind of does that, you know, again, Donald Trump on Fox and Friends this morning regarding New York City and New Jersey bombings. uh, Take two. Here he is know who a lot of these people are. They're afraid to do anything about it because they, they don't want to be accused of, uh, of uh, profiling and they don't want to be accused of all sorts of things. You know, in Israel, they profile. They've done a, an unbelievable job, as good as you can do. Sure. Uh, but Israel has done an unbelievable job, and they'll profile. Yeah. They profile. They see somebody that's suspicious, they will profile. They will take that person and they'll check out, do we have a choice? Look what's going on. Do we really have a choice? We're trying to be so politically correct in our country Mm -hmm. and this is only going to get worse I think it will get worse. I think it will get worse if we disenfranchise Muslims and we make their religion and the, and, and the majority of people who are not uh, terrorist or violent of the 1.6 billion people in that religion, the fastest growing religion in the world. And we need those uh, Muslim nations. If we talk about things like Muslim bans, you know, yeah. Can I tell you something? I lived in Israel. Can, can I be very frank with you? And my father's Jewish. And when I went there, being very pro-Israel, I changed my mind. I'm not anti-Israel. I'm pro-peace. But I have to tell you, they have a wall. And it's not to keep Mexicans out. It's to keep their own citizens away from them who are Palestinian and who are Muslim. I have had many conservative Jews admit, when the microphone is not on, 
that the people of Gaza are oppressed by the Israeli citizens. So, you know, when he says they profile, yes, they do profile. Interestingly, the ignorance of Americans on who to profile, quite frankly, you know, as citizens, you probably, if you were in Israel, would be picking out a lot of Jews, you would think they were Arabs, because they look so much alike. Remember, biblically, if you go back historically, they're half-brothers, Isaac and Ishmael, genetically, half-brothers. Anyway, here's the thing, you know, uh, what is it, a brother from another mother? That's exactly what Isaac and Ishmael were. Uh, But enough of the Bible. Let's talk about now, and let's talk about what's happening here. ISIS is losing ground in Syria and Iraq. And because of this, will we see more oh let, you know we don't have enough time to play that cut let, let, let me let me let me ask you about this uh, actually i want to i'm going to ask you some questions in a minute i want to tell you just a little bit a little bit more because i feel that the reactions the different reactions between trump and and clinton are are very very telling as to what type of president they would be if you notice although hillary clinton worked her campaign slogan in the end stronger together but she does talk about stronger together, okay? She talks about knowing how to do this. She's been a part of the decision-making process. She has a plan, okay? And you heard the heart of her message. We just played it a minute ago. But Donald Trump called in Fox and Friends this morning, and he took credit for the fact that while other politicians were doing what officials almost always do in cases like this, which is speak carefully at first about the incident, he told a crowd that the device in New York was a bomb as soon as he heard the news without knowing. Now, in this case, it turned out be, to be true. And then what, what happened? Donald Trump wanted praise. He wanted praise as though saying so demonstrated his extraordinary and, and unique genius. He actually mentioned that Clinton used the word bombing in her initial statement. And uh, he said what he said was correct. He cared more about being uh, right. And um, uh, quite frankly, when he said... Uh, when he was pressed for specifics by the Fox and Friends crew, he said, we're going to have to do something extremely tough over there, like knock the hell out of them. And we have to get everybody together and we have to leave for a change. Let me explain something. Listen to what he's saying. Do you think that ISIS in Syria and Iraq are losing ground because we're not knocking the hell out of them? And with money and weaponry and our forces backing rebels who are also doing that? One, two, we have to get everybody together. Let me explain something, Donald Trump. Everybody would be the Muslim world who's not going to help you if you ban them and their religion from visiting this country and doing business in this country. And that'll really hurt business people and owners in this country. So I have some questions for you. One, ISIS is losing ground in Syria and Iraq. Because of this, do you think we're going to see more lone wolf attacks like this in the future because they're desperate, or will they be reduced as the group continues to shrink in size? In other words, the smaller ISIS gets, do you think the more lone wolf attacks or the less? 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. Ahmad Khan Rahami and his family in New Jersey were allegedly the victims of Islamophobia. People speak of assimilation, but... If you shoot Muslims, as two were in New York a few weeks ago, burn them as a woman was in New York a few weeks ago, how will this assimilation ever happen if you demonize them, ban them, point the finger at them, hate them? And you don't think that's true? Read Twitter, 8886Leslie. How can you ask somebody to assimilate? How can you say, I want you to be like me when you're burning down their mosque? 8886Leslie, 8886537543. 
Rouhani traveled to Afghanistan multiple times in recent years. Do you think enough is being done to track and profile people who are coming to and from the U.S. where extremism and terrorism lives and thrives? They knew this guy. He was on their radar at one time, much like the guys in Boston. How come he wasn't still? 8886 Leslie, 888 Do you think Donald Trump reacted too quickly after the attacks in New York and New Jersey and Minnesota? He called the incident a bombing before that information had been put out. Or do you think no big deal? 8886 Leslie, 888-653-7543. Do you think these attacks help Donald Trump? Do you think they help him politically? 60% of Trump supporters hold unfavorable views of Islam. 76% support a ban on Muslims in the U.S. And some are Democrats. 8886 Leslie, 8886537543 is the number. We'll be back. Talking about the attacks over the weekend in New Jersey, New York, and Minnesota. I didn't get to talk much about Minnesota. Let's take some calls. 8886 Leslie, 8886537543. Dave is in Portland on line three. He's listening on KBAI radio. Hey, Dave, good afternoon. I would love to hear your take on this, and thank you for joining us. Well, I, I have to agree with you, Leslie, that Trump's approach is certainly not going to help the situation. Uh, and I also wanted to agree with you in uh, in the fact that uh, that Israel is, as far as I'm concerned, basically an apartheid state in the way that they treat uh, Palestinians. But but one thing that I wanted to address was uh, this fact of uh, the integration of Muslims into communities. And the reason I I wanted to address that is because <clears throat> I lived I'm a, I'm a I'm a white guy and I lived in a moderately a well-off white community in the South. I moved there from the North, and I lived there for 20 years. And I got to tell you, they didn't accept me as a member of the community, and I was a white guy. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on, okay? Because I want to talk about this, and I know a little bit about this. Don't go away. We're going to take a break and come right back to you, sweetie. We'll be right there. If you're holding, hang on. You want to join me? Happy Monday. Pick up the phone. I missed you. 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543 is the number. Pick up the phone and join us here on the only true democracy in talk radio. Keep Leslie in your pocket. Go to lesliemarshallshow.com forward slash members. We are back. I'm Leslie Marshall. Welcome, welcome back. We are talking about the uh, terrible bombings in New York and New Jersey that took place over the weekend. Thankfully, Ahmad Khan Rahami has been captured by the great police force. Uh, in the state of New Jersey. Uh, we are talking about many aspects of this, and we were talking before the break. I asked a lot of questions, and we were talking before the break uh, in Portland with Dave. Dave, thank you for holding. Welcome back. Dave, can you just repeat mm-hmm. what you said for people just tuning in? Um, you, 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 you were talking about assimilation, and you were talking about right. uh, you know us, in a sense, you know, putting an olive branch out to those who are more uh, secluded in their own community within the Muslim community. And you said that you don't feel comfortable with them because you're a white guy. Is that correct? No, no, no. What I was saying was that in certain communities, it's difficult for for them to integrate. Uh, I was saying I'm a white guy who who from the north who moved to the south. And I wasn't accepted as a white guy 
in the South. Why? Because of the fact that I came from the North. Oh, well that so that was more of not well that wasn't more of a, a white guy thing. That was more of you're a Yankee, and I know that I'm from Boston. I've lived <laughs> all over. Um, that, that I think's more that you know Yankee con, you know Confederate thing. Yes, exactly, exactly right. And what I'm basically saying is that that there are going to be some parts of the country, and and and, and they're probably going to be predominantly rural parts of the country, where no matter how hard. Some Muslims try; they will never be accepted in the community, and therefore they will be isolated. Well, that's you know. Well, I don't totally disagree with you there. Let, let me share a very uh, brief story, and I hope anybody from this town doesn't take offense to this. But uh, my husband's family is from India. Uh, they came here, uh, God, sixty-seven years ago, and they're Muslim. And my mother-in-law wears a hijab, and uh, they pray five times a day, and all that. And they're doctors. And they came here, uh, my father-in-law came here because he got a job with the Mayo Clinic and worked on the first um, either artificial heart or heart transplant at the Mayo Clinic in, in Minnesota. And my mother-in-law came here and ended up doing her training here. She's an ob They're retired now, but he was a general surgeon, worked in the ER a lot, saved thousands of lives. She delivered over 3,200 babies. She's very proud of that because she has a picture of all those babies on her wall still, even though she's retired. Um, because she loved her job and she loved delivering babies. They definitely were not terrorists. Uh, my husband, who uh, is a, a surgeon, asked his father, Dad, of all the places you moved to, why on earth did you move to, and I kid you not, here's where my husband and his four brothers grew up, Okeechobee, Florida, which now is a different kind of place. They've got a Walmart and they have a music festival. But at the time, there was nothing there. And... He was called everything in the book. They didn't know what to make of him because it's like you're brown, you're not black. What are you? Your mother dresses weird. He was he was so miserable. He was like, Dad, why didn't we live in London or Washington D.C. or New York City? I don't totally disagree with you. I, I mean, I have never understood people coming from another country and, and living in that tiny, tiny town where there there may not be the diversity and the open mindedness. And it doesn't mean you can't change it, but. I mean, I love living in Southern California because it's very diverse here. I like that. You know, I have a diverse family. I like that. I feel com- more comfortable here. Um, but I don't disagree with you that it would be harder for them in certain areas, it's just like it's harder for an African-American in an, a very white area. Um, and I, I don't know. Interestingly enough, though, I, I've, I've been that white chick in the black neighborhood. I, I never had a problem. So, um, But when you are um, – a, a, a minority in a rural area, many times those areas of people uh, just aren't as uh, cosmopolitan, aren't as educated, and I, I would agree with you on that. Yeah, and you know, the funny thing about it is that I was often more accepted by the black people that lived in the community than I was by the white people. I hear you. I hear you. Yeah. <laughs> I hear you. Let's just say I've lived south of the Mason-Dixon line, and I'm a Yankee Boston liberal feminist half jewish yankee okay they, they didn't know what the heck to do with me i hope i hear from you again it's been good talking to you today dave thank you for your right, call and, and i hope to hear from you again thank you very much mm. uh, let's go to reno uh let's go with phil's in reno next on line one hey phil how you doing uh good afternoon thank you for joining us what's your take on this well thank you for taking the call i just real quick uh if people don't uh, if, if, if democrats don't get off their fannies like they like they did in ten and fourteen, Hillary's going to lose. 
but that's that's just a minor point. The big point I want to make is going back to what you said before about uh, Trump wants credit for saying it was a bomb. Go back to earlier this year, late spring of May, I think, where an Egyptian airliner going across the Mediterranean to Egypt uh, crashed. And he said, it's a bomb. And if you don't think it's a bomb, it's a terrorist act, you're out of your mind, or something to, the, to that effect. Uh, gee, just a little bit quick on the trigger, don't you think? Oh, I, I, I agree, absolutely. Or there was a time something called Benghazi happened, and in order to be transparent and get information out right away, they gave the wrong information, and to this day, we have very expensive via our tax dollars investigations because they think somebody was trying to cover something up when I think they were just trying to get something out there quick, and then they realized they put their foot in their mouth because they jumped the gun before they had all their information. Well, that's, that's true, too, but... Uh, just, just Trump being so doggone quick on the trigger, and uh, and trigger is the right word. He's just, he's just way too scary. And I'm a, I'm a vet. I'm a Vietnam vet, and I, uh, I just cannot believe that vets, retired or active, and their could vote for this guy because he's never done a doggone thing for the military. Not a thing. Never been to a, a VA hospital. Never been to Arlington. Uh, thinks uh, 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 a purple heart is kind of a neat thing to have. I mean, this that's not me. I think it's your chin. <laughs> you know he's nuts. All right, and I agree with you there. Thank, thank you, thank you. I think my mother does that when she talks to me. It drives me crazy. I'm like, Mom, your chin is beeping. Uh, let's continue with the call. Daily Dave, which he needs to be stripped of his title. He's not calling me every day in Buffalo, New York. Uh, he's not in Hawaii anymore on line three. Hey, Daily, good afternoon. Thanks for joining us, buddy. Well, hello, Leslie. How are you? Good. Good, good, excellent. Thanks for bringing this topic up. I'm glad that not more people were hurt or killed. Absolutely. I'm absolutely thrilled about that. Yep. And I'm glad that maybe he read the directions wrong, the the alleged perp and so forth. But my take on this thing is, you know, the government, everybody is going to start overreacting, just like after 9-11, overreact, 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 and everybody gets afraid. And the fact is, you know, I hate to minimize this or anything. You know, the headlines are always on the terrorists, or the headlines are always on the school shooter. But you're going to step into the street one day, and you're going to get run over by a bus. Or you're going to fall off a scaffold at work. Or a jealous boyfriend is going to break into your bathroom and stab you. What? Or, or, or a guy who's mentally ill people. borrows his daddy's gun and goes to college where he couldn't get in and just starts killing people, and one of which is your kid, because he was having a bad day and didn't go and he went off his meds. And I think that brings up the point that you, that you raised earlier in your interview, that these people are disgruntled and disenfranchised. They feel like they don't, I don't know, obviously I'm not a professional you know, analyst or anything, but they have proven that, that people that are marginalized from society are easier uh, to, to radicalize than, than people within a democracy who feel that their vote and their voice and their opinion matters, because those are the actions that they take to participate in a free society. And when those options are shut down, that's when they start, when they become angry, and they start to get this messiah or, uh, you know, messiah or a, uh, 
I forget it when somebody dies for a cause, whatever they're called over there. Well, they're trying to martyr themselves. Uh, yes, or right, a messiah or a martyr or the lone wolf actor, um, whose whose name is going to appear on all the newspapers, and they're going to be famous for their last five minutes. And it's disgusting, and I hate it, and I don't know what to do about it. I wish I did. Do you feel, uh, Dave, because, uh, you know, I know that you pay attention to politics and to this political race. Do you feel this this helps Donald Trump because, you know, he says things like, I, you know, because I look back to the debates with John Kerry and George Bush because my husband said to me, oh, my God, do you think Donald Trump will be elected because, you know, the way people react after this, she better kick his butt in the debates. But John Kerry kicked George W. Bush's butt in the debates. Yet George W. Bush would say things not exactly like Donald Trump, but more that, you know, Oh, you know, folksy, neighborly, you know, uh, good old fella kind of thing. Like, you know, we're going to get him. And, and, and Americans responded to that. I know it's a different time, but that seems to be part of the appeal with Donald Trump for his followers is that he shoots from the hip. So going into the debate, which is next uh, uh, Monday, and I will be uh, at Hofstra University for the uh, first debate. I hope you guys watch me a day before and day after on Fox. But Great. <clears throat> I... I, I want to, you know, I mean, do you do you think this helps Trump? Because you know, people are like, yeah, yeah I got, I got to, you know, I can't vote for Gary Johnson. He doesn't know where Aleppo is. You know, Hillary's just not going to be tough enough. Tr- Trump's just going to carpet bomb him, you know, or Trump's going to get him. Trump's, gonna, you know, because we sometimes have this GI Joe mentality. So, do you think that terrorist actions like this actually help Donald Trump? There's an old, um, I'm, unfortunately, I think I do, and I don't know, um, you know, how to how the Democrats or how liberals, you know, might to try to intellectually respond with such a, a gut reaction. I, I, that is a, that's a deeply, deeply frustrating thing for me. But there's an old concept. I was looking for it the other day. But it's that radicals and anarchists actually assist the ruling party in being the counterpoint uh, to the status quo. So basically, back in the 50s and 60s, because there was communism in the Soviet Union, it gave our government a target and a reason for being was to, you know, go after communism or be tough on communism and so forth or isolate them. And so the these these violent radicals, whatever stripe, whether they're conservative ideologues or if they're disgruntled labor unionists, you know, um, they have a tendency to actually support the, the, the status quo and the police state and so forth by giving someone to target, you know, that they're doing actually the opposite of, of what they're trying to achieve. They're making the society stronger and more unified against them. Like when, you know, when somebody who buys an illegal gun, you know, who's maybe a Second Amendment rights advocate and goes in and shoots up a restaurant, it actually makes his opponents stronger rather than, than his point of view. And right. I, I think that's what you're getting at by saying this helps. Or what I'm saying is, that, yeah, it does help Donald Trump. But the fact that people need to understand is Hillary Clinton, one of the reasons I didn't vote for in the primary. One of the reasons is because she's very hawkish, and she does have the experience, you know, in the State Department and as a senator and, you know, in, in Barack Obama's 
you know, some would say belligerent administration, um, that she knows exactly, you know, where that button is that she needs to push uh, to start blowing stuff up. I mean, she knows intimately where that is. Right. And if people are thinking that if we want to hit the terrorists hard, I would suggest they vote for Hillary because she's more likely to start a war than, than Donald Trump. Because and quite, Trump quite, and quite, no idea what he's doing. Uh, quite, and quite frankly, yeah, and if we're going to go to war, you want somebody, A, who knows what they're doing, and B, who ca- she already has a relationship with the leaders of these countries in those regions. She and met she with these has leaders. A relationship right. with the Pentagon, also. Right, right, exactly. Is, and by the way, her approval rating in Israel and other countries in the Middle East is off the charts. They love her, and they love her husband. Um, I think in most countries it is. It's just the, it's just the uh, the GOP and the and the Tea Party members in Congress that have been flogging her for the last twenty five years. That 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 her her poor ratings have any traction at all is just because. You know, they, you know, Trent Gowdy or whoever it is, pulls something straight out of his wherever, and they they throw it on page two of the newspaper just because he uttered some absolute nonsense. Yep. And uh, like you were saying a moment ago, this email thing, this Benghazi investigation, it absolutely went nowhere. Seventeen. Millions, Seventeen. Of there were 17 bipartisan investigations that all concluded the same thing, that Barack Obama and Hillary were not part of a cover-up, there was no smoking gun, and she was not responsible for the deaths of those individuals. Correct. All right. Thanks, Dave. Oh, good talking to you. Call me again. We're going to take Thank a break. We're going to come back and take more of your calls. Don't go away. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of truth. The Leslie Marshall Show. Give her a call now at 888-6-LESLIE. Leslie in your pocket. Go to LeslieMarshallShow.com forward slash members. And we are back. I'm Leslie Marshall. Welcome, welcome back. Only True Democracy in Talk Radio of four and by you, the people. Let's go to the calls. Next up is Paul in Washington on line one, listening to our stream on Spreaker, a division of iHeartRadio. You can find that on our website, LeslieMarshallShow.com, hey, uh, forward slash stream. Hey, Paul, good afternoon. Hey, Leslie. You, know, you were talking about the, the debates and how important they are going to be. Yeah, I think you alluded in your remarks afterward what I'm about to say, which is that, you know, Hillary Clinton could pour on flurries and, of, and devastating uh, demonstrations of command of subject. Donald Trump will counterpunch with obnoxious hubris and nothing more and the media will call it a draw and so it will end up meaning essentially nothing because the, the media will not will not have any way uh, will, will in no way uh, legitimize hillary clinton's as if this is even a fight i mean hillary clinton in a debate with donald trump he doesn't know anything it, 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 it really it would be it'd be like muhammad ali picking on a school kid <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's not. Even well, I'm I'm kind of hoping that there's going to be that. I've said it before. I'm sorry if you all are getting sick, sick of hearing me saying it, but I want that a few good men moment, and I want Donald uh, Donald Trump to be Jack Nicholson and lose it. 
I think he will. But that's that's the point. I don't think that's going to cost him. It would. It, well, 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 no, no, I disagree. It won't cost. But remember, the people that support him and salivate or get like you know an erection watching him and hear what he says, they're going to vote for him already. But it's the, it's those people that are really undecided, or those people who are angry and about Bernie still, and they're looking at Jill Stein or you know get, you know Gary Johnson, and it's sort of like you know I don't think all of those people are going to cast their votes. I mean, one, why would you cast a vote for a woman? Jill Stein is not going to be on every ballot in all fifty states and never has a chance to win. And when you look at you know, hey, look, if Ralph Nader hadn't run, George W. Bush might not have been president. We may not even been having this conversation. May have been, there may have never. We we wouldn't have had troops in Afghanistan and Iraq possibly. I mean, seriously, we don't get a do-over here. Well, it's funny how you mentioned those different candidates, and I think philosophically, it's really a question: Is America has America descended to such a level that uh, we are not in touch with the better angels of our nature, and we would an election could turn on racism and bigotry on one hand. And on the other hand, the people who are going to vote for Jill Stein and Gary Johnson are these purest people that, oh, nothing could be more pure than Jill Stein. My opinion of both of those two people, both Gary Johnson and Jill Stein, in particular Jill Stein, is they're a couple of political parasites. And the reason I say that is, who, especially Jill Stein, who is she counting on to accomplish her legislative And by the way, just and since we're doing who... Who the hell is she? I remember when it popped up, I'm running for president. I'm like, who the hell are you? Uh, i got to take more calls. I appreciate your call, Paul. Let's go to Michael in the Bronx on line two. Uh, Michael, uh, quickly. Hi. I hope we continue this again in the future, but I want to leave everyone with Excuse me. A real crucial question because a lot of us here in New York are really suspicious as to how this has occurred and Donald Trump's commentary. Now I know we're talking about his rhetoric, his violent rhetoric, but here's a crucial question, and that is, how in the hell did he know that it was a bomb twelve to fourteen hours before officials um declared officially that the explosion was a bomb. Well, uh, yeah, but, I mean, does that matter to you, that he jumped the gun? I think he jumped the gun. I I think it's wrong, um, but I think that's who Donald Trump is. That's not a surprise, and I don't think it's as big a deal as people are making it. What I think, what bothers me, Michael, is that the media were focused so much on who said what at what time, you know, rather than who did this, why, how, and how do we prevent it in the future? You know something, Leslie? If you and, and your um, crew can go back to the audio of Donald Trump's statements throughout the past years, and one and one of them, he said, we're going to bomb the bleep out of them. And you know how he has a following that tends to act on his um, rhetoric. Right, and, then, and those people, will, if they show up, they're going to vote for him. Michael, I'm out of time. Thank you. Anybody I didn't get to on the phone, sorry. We'll be back tomorrow. Same bad time, same bad channel here on the only True Democracy and Talk Radio. Thank you to Steve filling in for Marky Mark today. Mark is off. Thank you to Andrew, my great crew here. And thank you to all of you listening. We'll be back tomorrow. I hope you will as well. Have a wonderful afternoon and evening.